It is a beautiful day out there. It's a beautiful day. Sky is blue and it's hot as the the devil's armpits. And I uh, I have a lot to talk about, but I don't know how much I'm gonna share. But I do want to acknowledge that today is a great day, no matter how I feel. No matter what's going on in the world around us, today is a great day. It's because we woke up and we're alive. So, this morning, you know when I um, do my podcast in the morning, it's because I was laying in the bed thinking and um, I came across Trevor Noah the host of The Daily Show, and he is by far one of my favorite people to watch and listen to, and he was talking about um, a lot of current events, a lot of current events that have been happening, um, here, you know, in America, and the reason why it's really hard for me to kind of like um, to talk about this stuff and really share is because it's frightening, and I know a lot of people are going, you know, when you when you start talking about fear and, and all this stuff and. You get the religious folk always talking about God hasn't given us the spirit of fear and all that stuff. And I get it. But GD, I am a human. And fear is real. Fear is real. Like, you can't tell me I just can't be scared. You just can't. And at this point in my life, and at this point, I am scared. And it's not a fear of, I'm going to go hide under my bed fear. I'm scared that in living in America as a black male, the way that I look, no matter how articulate I am, no matter how educated I am, no matter how good of a citizen I am, I can be killed or shot at a moment's moment. And it's scary. So I was listening to Trevor Noah and he was talking about the young brother Jacob Blake. And he, he just made some really solid points and I'm not going to go through all of them uh, and uh, you can listen to them I, I, I made the mistake you know, I was going through Snapchat and 
I like watching Fail Army and Barstool videos. Basically, it's just like people who are drunk doing dumb stuff. It's funny. But Trevor Noah came up, and I watched it. And I watched the video of Jacob Blake not getting shot. I, I can't watch that. Because no matter how much I want to see it, you can't unsee certain things. And you know, even with George Floyd, I've never watched the entire video. Because I, I don't want to watch someone die. You can't unsee that. And it does change the way you think. It changes you. Watching a human being take their last breath. It changes you whether you want to believe it or not. And then to hear about this young white kid who who goes to protests, the, the protests, and basically out of his own fear shoots three people and kills two. And the disgusting part about it is the police don't see him as a threat. That's that's the part that bothers me. And it really gets at the heart of what all of this means. If, if you ever wanted a demonstration on what black men go through versus white men, that scenario is a poignant outline on what it's like to be me. To be a me. It didn't necessarily happen to me. And Jacob was perceived to be carrying a concealed weapon. And he was shot. This young white kid had an open rifle still hot from letting off shots and taking lives. And the police just ignored him. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that white people feel more humane over a dog than a black person. And when I say white people, I'm not lumping them all. But it's a cultural mindset that a lot of white people have that perceive black men as threatening. I've had it happen to me several times. I have been labeled as feared several times I can't help the fact that my parents birthed 
a big deal. I, I can't help it. I've lost weight, you know. I've been small and still was feared. As an adult, this ain't when I was 17. You know, I've, I've had gastric bypass surgery. I was a, I was close to 500 pounds. Lost half that, basically. And then I can't talk back, but whatever. But nonetheless, me being a black man scares the hell out of white people. Now that I can lump most of you in. No question. I have to overdo it. And I've said this in several podcasts before. To make white people comfortable. I, I, I can never be my authentic self around white people. Because it scares them. Never. I can never come into work. Or, or, or come into the presence of, of white people. And be me. I love hoodies. I love hats I love being it's called being comfortable if I come into work in a jeans a hoodie and a ball cap I'm pretty sure I won't be received well not just because you're not supposed to go to work in that kind of of gear but if the roles were reversed and some white person came it won't be no big deal. I've seen it. You can't convince me because I've seen it happen. Not just once, not just twice. It's happened a few times to me. I've had it so where I've had employers tell me to shave my beard down because I was threatening. I've had people tell me I need to dress not for the position I want but so that I didn't fit the stereotype for those who were not productive because I was productive but I dressed in a polo and some dickies and because people who were not productive who were who looked like me were wearing that all of us were being lumped into this particular stereotype and at the time i thought it was a good lookout and i guess you could think it was it was a good lookout but when i changed my appearance and i was wearing ties every day because not because it was the part of dress code it's because upper management saw that i was good and saw that I knew what I was talking about they wanted me to be a part they wanted to set me apart from those who didn't and those who weren't productive and so I did and it still got me nowhere but that's not the point the point is that as a black man, I can never be myself. I can never be myself. 
I always have to smile. I always have to make jokes. I always have to make people laugh. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I woke up this morning already kind of sad just because of my own personal life situations. But then I have to live in a world where I'm confined to a stereotype that is not me. I enjoy laughing. I enjoy poking fun. When I'm with my family, I I am, you know, me and my cousins, when we get together, it's like a comedy fest, you know. It, that's just, and I, I think that's with most black culture. I can't imagine any black house that when you walk in, like on Thanksgiving or Christmas, that we ain't in there hollering laughing and let me tell you something white folk if you ever want to laugh your ass off hey, you go to a black Thanksgiving or a black Christmas or a black birthday party you want to talk about fun and and it's a part of our culture it's, that, that's, that's what I and the thing about it is and then what makes me sad is that's all we have. That's all we have. We don't know what our original cultures are. We don't know. Ancestry.com won't tell us. That's all we have is each other. And the stories that we have. And the laughs that we share. And they want to take that from us. They want to make us feel like we're not even human. And it's frustrating. So on top of everything that you deal with as an adult, right? Everything you deal with as a parent. Everything that you deal with as a husband, a boyfriend, you know, just just as a, a, a natural human in America. Then you have to deal with everything you have to do, deal with being a black man. A black husband, a black father. It's over effing whelming. It it really is. And I don't think it's you know, a, a lot of times people like to say, you know, what about the crime? What about you know, all lives matter? And, and what about this? It has been proven 
repeatedly that we're not even considered in the all lives. Okay. Until we can be considered in the all lives. And I've said this, and like I said earlier in the end of the podcast, if you want to feel how I feel about all lives matter, go look it up in my podcast history. But at this point in America, black people aren't even included in the human being species. We're not. White people will go hug a rabbit dog and try to save the rabbit dog then try to save and preserve a life that may be appeared to be threatening to you. They'll tranquilize a, a wild bear. They'll put nets on wild animals that are out of control. But not a black dude. Trevor Noah said it really well. The only way you, the only way police deal with black men is by saying nothing or giving commands or killing them. There's no in between. There's no, it's like you can't reason with us. Like we're, we're beneath reasoning. Like, we can't reason with these black people. We have to kill them. That's what your actions show. Your actions as some white people, I'm not going to say all, is that black people cannot be reasoned with. We have to be slaughtered. We have to be destroyed. And this goes back all the way to 1618, 1619. That we are not even a whole human. And who gave white people the right? I, I, it's, it's mind-boggling. And then, on top of all that that I deal with, I have to go and work with some of these clowns who think that all this is cool. That's, that's the part that is a kick in the balls. Because I, I work with and have worked with a lot of pro-gun Trump, I'm not going to call them Trump supporters I don't know I, I know they're Republican and I know they don't see what I see and that's fine in America you're you're able to believe vote think openly um, however you want and that's what 
makes America America. And I'm I'm cool with that. But in the same respects, I have to work around people whose views are so far left at at some points that is disturbing. And I've worked with people who have asked me, why can't black people just pull themselves up? Now, I used to think that was, I used to think that was like stuff you just read about that white people say. I've actually been in conversations where that was a question. that a white person asked me why can't black people just get it together why can't they just pull themselves up by their bootstraps why 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 can't why do they need the government to help i was you know i i didn't have anything you know that's what they say i was bored i was poor i was born in a trailer park and i look at me i have a good job and i'm making it And then you fast forward your times like now. Where I I didn't have to pull myself up by the bootstraps. My parents did well for themselves. My mom and my dad are very successful. They put me and my brother and my sister in opportunities and positions where I don't have I didn't have to do a lot that my my other brothers and sisters who are less fortunate have to do I I talk well I'm educated I, I know how to deal with all types of people but yet and still when I'm walking down the street and I'm riding in my QX56 all white seat laid back listening to smooth jazz bro I get pulled over and I get asked who does this car belong to stuff like that happens to me I pull up at work and I get asked if I'm a drug dealer this stuff happens to me. I'm not making this up. Rumors roll around the job place that I sell drugs. That's how I can afford this truck. That's how I can afford to look nice, smell nice. And I'm just working here just as a cover. I'm not making this up. That what was floating around a previous employer by some white women that didn't take the time to know me, know my story, know that I bust my ass to get everything that I have. But they assume that all of us 
have a come up. Well, you must you you just can't be successful. You 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 must have done something illegal. That's the first thing that comes to their mind. Not yo, dude must be hustling hard, not hustling in illegal. He must be a good worker. He must have some money. He must been doing this for a long time. He 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 must be smart. He must be successful. He must have some really ambitious goals. Or he may be frivolous with his money. He may be a sugar daddy. He may be anything. But the first thought of me, this is not when this is like their first perception of me. How does Mike afford this truck? He must be a drug dealer. This is not something that I am making up. And the only reason why I know is because I had a sister who was in the car who didn't even really know me. Stood up for me and told them basically to shut the F up. You don't know him. And she sent me a message and told me straight up, this is what I didn't believe her until I started hearing little side comments myself. So I, I have my own personal stories on how I get treated differently. I have my own personal stories on how I could have been killed and shot by the police. I have my own personal stories of, of stereotypes, not just in the street, with people who call me friend. I don't want to be treated differently because I'm articulate. I have a great job. I'm smart and I'm ambitious. I don't want to be treated differently because if you talk to some of them same brothers in the hood he's smarter than me smarter than me more ambitious than I am and more courage than I do I didn't have to struggle I didn't have to struggle I didn't have to work at the Piggly Wiggly I didn't have to flip burgers I didn't have to sell crack some of them did and some of them have to because they're not taken seriously and people say why don't you do what's right because when I do what's right I still get lumped in I still get lumped in the same stereotype no matter what I do
it's just overwhelming, man. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And because I have a sense of reasoning, I know I can't act on my anger. But I'm going to tell you straight up, there's a remnant of people who have reasoning. They know the law. And they know how to take issues in their own hands. And you'll have some vigilantes, some black people who are just tired of it. You know how ISIS was formed? You know how ISIS was formed? One of the main reasons why ISIS was formed is because of the war over in Iraq and Iran. In the the war, most of these people who joined ISIS were, were mad because these Westerners have interfered in their lifestyle, killed and slaughtered them by the thousands. They were tired. They were tired of being marginalized. So they got together and they formed a group. Now, I'm not condoning, or I'm not um, condoning anything that ISIS does. I'm trying to get you to see a point. That at some point in time, the pot will boil over. And then you have to deal with the aftermath of the spillage. And it's it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. Let me tell you something about black folk. We, we can play and sing and dance for a little while but we some fighters and I'm not talking about you know some gangbangers I'm not talking about fighting in the sense of uh, putting up your fist or shooting and all that I'm talking about we will not stop we will not It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. And I... I am just... I don't want to say I'm numb because I still feel. I, 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 I don't... For me personally... I'm not numb to it. Because it still hurts. And I, I think... Because I see myself... In these brothers... Who are getting killed the police I see myself I see me I see my mom weeping I see my sister my brother weeping 
all this fits the mold. My life fits the mold of someone being slain by a, by a cop. A lot of black men's lives fit the mold. We just good dudes. Not all of us carry guns, sell dope, pimp women, fight folk, gang bang. It's a small percentage. A very small percentage. Most of us are fathers, sons, brothers, hard workers, good thinkers, entrepreneurs, leaders. Why can't you see us that way? That's an open-ended question. Why can't you see us that way? Why is the way that you see us always negative first? It's not always negative. Because I know some people who are really cool. Some white people are really, really cool. I mean, like, I consider brothers or sisters. Really, really cool. But then there's a... And that's just a, a small remnant of folk that I consider that anyway. But then on top of being white, it's just like, I don't even, I don't want to say I don't see, I don't see, I don't even think about it. They just, my brother or my sister. But I'm talking about those who just see black people as negative first. And then, oh, he is well-spoken. Or he, Michael is really smart. Nigga, what you think? That's the part that really grinds my effing gears. That you think I'm smart after I get hired and I work with you? Oh, Mike is really what the what did you think? You think they was gonna hire some dude who flipped burgers and cooked chicken nuggets to work in a Fortune 500 company who ain't smart? Oh, oh you're fascinated that I know how to read? That fascinates you? I've had say that. Oh my God! I've had stuff said like this to me. You're well spoken. You really read. I really read well. You lost your effing mind. Like you gonna hire somebody who's illiterate? I, mean, I'm, I if I I wish I could tell you the stories. I wish I can remember them all. There it is. I wish I can remember them all. Of some of the dumb dumb stuff that I had to laugh off. A, because I just couldn't believe it was it, it was said to me. And B, because I, I what other response can you because my next response is I'm going to beat your ass. So I had to laugh it off. I, I mean, I wish I had. To, I wish I could remember the stories. Working in corporate America for almost twenty years, um, I've had it 
Oh, I never forget. This is my last story, and I'll go. I was working for a company in Chesapeake, and this is when I was working from the school system, and the school system was one of the, one of my best jobs I think I've ever worked. But I didn't get paid enough to support a family at the time, and um, I had a full-fledged Muslim beard. This is like before beards were like super popular. Before I didn't know who this is like when Rick Ross first popped on the scene with hustling because I didn't know who he was. All the kids was because I worked in a middle school, and all the kids would say, "Yo, Mr. Mike, you look like oh, that's a whole nother oh, I forgot about. Do you want to talk about racist stuff? I've never been so disrespected by white teachers than I now when I worked in the school system. That's a whole nother episode. Oh my God, I just remembered some of the things these white teachers used to say to me about these students. It, oh my God, it makes you effing cry. They they basically said everything but called them a nigger. I mean, I'm not lying. So parents, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish my story. Parents, believe your children when they say the teachers don't like them. Okay believe your children within reason at least investigate it's almost like saying your child when they say um uncle baba touched me you you just don't you just don't uh, uh ignore that or just wipe it away you you start asking some questions all i'm saying is i didn't know how mean some of these teachers are to only black kids i've seen it with my own eyes and that's all i would say for right now so when i worked at the middle school couldn't afford it i was there two years loved it i saved mad kids from getting expelled a whole nother episode so i had to go and so I was looking for a job. At this time, I was maybe about 450, 475. I was a big guy. And I'll never forget that I knew that I, I would not be perceived well going into a job full-fledged Osama bin Laden beard. I knew, and my mom told me, i never forget. She told me, when you go into this interview, she didn't tell me shave my beard, I did this on my own. She told me to make sure you smile. Make sure you smile, Michael. She used to tell me all the time, you have a beautiful smile. Show them your teeth. Because if I didn't, this is what I'm, this is what I know. She didn't say this. Because if I didn't, I would be perceived as a threat. Uneducated. Not ambitious. And I did. I 
did exactly what my mama said. And I got the job. That's the recipe that I use when I go on any interview. I don't even fret about interviews anymore because I know how to do it. I go in there, dress suited up, smelling nice, and I smile till my cheeks hurt. It's not based on, and I said this in another interview, it's not based on what I know. Because you can be taught anything. It's how I make you feel. I, if I can make you feel, and the worst interviewers, I won't say the worst, because they're not the worst. The, the most hard interviews are dealing with black people. Because they know the game, so I don't have to play that game of white comfort with them. I don't have to play that with them. Now, when I deal with black people, I have to go off my knowledge. I have to go by what my merits, my education, the things that I know, experience. And I still get the job. But it's a different game. I don't have to play that game with them. White people don't care what you what you know, because in their mind, I can teach you. Are you teachable? That's what they want to know. Are you can you learn? Black people are what do you know? Can you do the job? Nothing wrong with either one of them. But it's just why can't it be one way across the board? So I'm done and I have to clock into work. But just know that as as a black dude. Man, this crap is hard, bro. This crap is hard. 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 And I don't know how they did it in the 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, 60s, 70s. I don't I don't know how they did it. I really don't. I I, I and I'm being super honest. I don't know how they did it. Because the things that I'm going through is nothing near remotely close of having someone come into your house, taking your child because he whistled at some white woman and then killing him. I I couldn't do that. I could not do that. I, I, I'm thankful to be born in this millennium. But um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's it for today. I hope you guys um found some information or found this recording insightful. Um, I hope you share it and invoke and spark change and conversation. Uh, I hope this gives you not just insight, but foresight on how to treat other human beings with a darker melanin than you. Not all of us are monkeys or crazy people. Don't let your first impression of someone be negative. Expand your thinking. And that goes for everybody. Expand your thinking. 
if you do that, we'll all live to see another day. This is again, this is King Meech. Um, and uh, if you want to follow me on any social media, you can do so at Michael Raphael. That's M Y K A H L Raphael, like the Ninja Turtle. And um, I am everywhere that social media is from Facebook to TikTok. Um, so definitely follow me on social media. Um, one day I'm going to talk to you guys about my my pizza business that I'm opening um, very, very soon in 2021. Um, but uh, I enjoy these podcasts. I hope I can do one that doesn't, that's not so emotional. Um, I am not going to apologize for being emotional. Um, that just is what it is. If this doesn't move you to tears, you're a bastard. <laughs> but um, that's it. I hope you guys have a great day. Be productive, be safe, be nice to your neighbors. And for always remember, love your mom. You only get one. King Leech, signing out.